You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Before Ruby Heard became a vocal advocate for the environment, she was a young student who had a genuine love for engineering. She enjoyed all aspects of the field, from problem solving in maths to the psychology of dealing with clients, and in high school, she knew she wanted to be an engineer. Although she initially lacked support from teachers, she worked hard and even took physics classes between year 11 and 12 to catch up with her studies. In this episode, Ruby Heard takes us back to her high school days when she first discovered engineering and how it led to pursuing a degree at university. Ruby Heard, thank you very much for sitting down and having a chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, I want to go right back to the very start, your high school. Uh, You described yourself as someone who was good at maths, good at English, good at science, and was getting good grades right across the park, yet you still say that you were always in trouble. Why? I was doing really well at school, but I always found myself drawn over to the the bad kids, the bad side of the track. Gathered a couple of suspensions. For what sort of things? Um, Oh, I'm a talker. I'm a talker. (laughs) Talk to me about your high school education then. Did you enjoy it? Was it a, a process that you liked? I didn't really love high school. I, I A lot of people say, you know, oh, I'd love to go back to high school, and I'm not one of those people. I would not like to go back to high school. It was a hard time, and I was a little bit of a, a social outcast, I think, but I did enjoy what I learned. When was it for you that you realised that you had a certain interest in some subjects which were obviously within, within that sort of STEM type of region? I originally wanted to be an author. I, I, I thought I was going to be a writer. I thought I was going to be in the army. I thought I was going to be a firefighter. I went through this whole range of, of different things that I thought that I was going to be. And then when it came down to having to choose uh, around year 10, when you're, you're moving into those more serious subjects in your last two years of high school, they gave us a big book of careers and it was A to Z of all the careers. And I thought, well, I, I better just start at A. And by the time I got to E, I read what an engineer was and that's when I realised that was me and that STEM was where I wanted to be. What was it about engineering though? Because I mean you would have gone through all the careers in A and all the careers in B and a fair few of them in in C and E and uh, you know could have gone on forever. What was it that made you stop and go that's the one for me? It was just me. They had written about me on those pages Um, so they said that it was about problem solving um, it had elements of, of legal studies and the law in there as well. Um, you had to deal with contracts. There was parts of psychology there because you had to deal with clients and understanding people. And I, I enjoyed everything. I enjoyed all of those classes in high school. And so it looked like engineering for me was going to bring all of those things together. Um, and that seemed really special. So how did you then tailor your high school education towards engineering and towards something that you were going to then go and study at university? So that's where I, I tripped up a little bit because I didn't have really good support. So I had written on, you know, they give you a piece of paper and say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and what subjects are you taking next year in year 11? And I had said, I want to be an engineer. And I'd chosen my subjects and I'd actually not chosen physics because I didn't know what physics was. Uh, so I did year 11 without doing physics and then ran into the physics teacher one day and we, were, we started talking and he said, you know, what are you planning on doing at university? Oh, engineering. And he said, yeah, but you're not in my physics class. 
Uh, so I had to spend my summer between year 11 and year 12 studying physics. So I had to do the year 11 course by myself, just reading the book um, and then go straight into year 12 physics, which was, was pretty tough. Um, I kept doing maths. I didn't do specialist. I, I did methods because I felt more comfortable at that level. Yeah, and that, those are the main things, just keep your maths and your physics going. So just to be clear here, you gave up an entire holiday to study something in order to get you to where you wanted to go. Yes. So while yeah. everyone was out at the beach, whatever it might have been, you're reading the textbooks. Yeah, but I remember doing it outside on the trampoline a lot of the time. <laughs> so, you know, you try to you try, balance, balance. <laughs> I guess it's just one of those things you've got to do to get over the line once you've worked out where you want to go, right? Yeah, exactly. And if that's really where you want to get to, you're not going to use that as an excuse. There was no other option for me to just say, oh, well, I've stuffed this up, or I better choose something else. I just had to fix it. I would guess that bouncing on the trampoline and studying at the same time is not the normal way to learn. It might be for you. Is that uh, something you've relied on before or how do you best learn? Uh, that's not my usual method, no. I do find, though, that if you can combine learning with a little bit of physical exercise, just movement really does help you, help you learn, I think. Is that something you've applied in your career? I have a stand-up desk, so that's that's one thing. I try to move around as, as much as possible. When I take phone calls, if I can uh, be outside, I'm usually outside with my shoes off, just walking around the lawn. That really helps you think and, and, um, and helps you remember things as well, just to be a little bit more physical. So to get you to a point where you were ready to go to university, it probably would have been more than just studying over one summer. What are some of the other things you had to do to prepare yourself, perhaps maybe mentally, emotionally was there anything at play for you being the eldest child in my family so being the first to go to university um, the oldest of my cousins as well there was nobody that I could really talk to about that transition I, I didn't have any friends that were older who were already in university and uh, I actually didn't have any friends that were going to university either um, so I was I was pretty alone there um, so I think you know, I went to the campuses and I checked them out, um, see where I felt most comfortable, tried to talk to, to people who might understand what I was going through. But yeah, it was a pretty solo process, I think. Is that something you look back on and, and think it would have been much easier if there was support there? Or are you the type of person who just is just get up and get it done, even though you're by yourself? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm the latter, uh, so I haven't really reflected on that probably until this moment that you've asked me that question and, and have realised that I probably did have a, a big lack of support there. Yeah. Engineering is obviously very, very broad. There's many areas in which you can take it. How did you narrow down to the focus that you wanted to have leading into going to university? When I read about engineers there was a general thing about what engineers were and then it went into this book went into all the different types of engineering that you could do and I got really fascinated firstly with biomedical engineering because um, there's a lot of robotics involved in that and I just thought that sounded so cool and then I was also attracted to the idea of environmental engineering because I'd always been very environmental so I had a bit of a think about that and I thought well at this point, what do I do to help the environment? As a teenager, you know, the best thing you can probably do is just recycle. So I became like such a, uh, <laughs> so focused on recycling. That was all, all I thought I could do. Um, and I, I thought about that a little bit and I came to the conclusion that, 
even if I had my own recycling facility, I would need massive amounts of power. And if power is being generated using fossil fuels, then, you know, how beneficial to the environment I'm actually being. So then I decided everything actually comes down to electricity in our modern day life. And so clean electricity was going to be the answer. We're going to talk in our second episode about your career, which is obviously heavily focused around the environment, which is great. So I've got a lot of questions for you coming up there. But just ending out high school, then going into university, there was never for you a point where you had to consider or perhaps maybe did any sort of career change based on your plans it was always once you read that book you knew where you were going and that was that yeah yeah that was it I'd really made up my mind at that point and yeah never never wavered from that I just did the subjects that I knew were going to get me there I only applied for electrical engineering courses I only applied for one university I was just (laughs) very clear about what I was going to do well what would have happened had they said no would you tried to find another way or that was just the course that was for you? I don't know what would have happened if, if I had been knocked back, but I did kind of hedge my bets a little bit. So I firstly applied for the electrical engineering and science double degree, but then also straight electrical engineering and then the um, maybe diploma of, of electrical engineering, the three-year course. So I thought I've basically covered off everything. If I don't get into my, my first choice, I have a pathway to get there. And why was it Victoria University for you? Did you just see that as the gold standard of courses? It was the closest university to where I grew up. Um, So I I grew up in the country in a place called Hanging Rock. Um, And so Footscray is a a pretty easy shot on the train from there. Um, So that appealed to me. I went to the campus. It was called Footscray Park. And so anything with a park in it is going to sell me. So, yeah, I thought it's got lots of trees. It's got lots of grass around here. It looks beautiful. And I just feel really comfortable here. That's what made that decision for me. I just felt comfortable there. Talk me through it then. So you rock up on day one. What happens next? Were you confident going in? Probably not. Very few girls in, in the class. Something that, you know, straight away makes you feel a little bit nervous, I guess, and take away some of your confidence. Um, So when I looked around, I was in a room with about 125 students and three of them were women. So, yeah, straight off the bat, that'll unnerve you a little bit. So how'd you deal with that? You just have to really be strong in yourself and know that you're there because you want to be there. I would be asked sometimes what I was doing there. Who were asking those questions of you? Just other students, just, just, you know, boys. How'd you respond? Well, I would ask them why they were there. And uh, I remember getting a response from one of the fellas and he said, oh, well, my parents told me I had to choose something and I think engineers make a lot of money and uh, that's why I'm here. And I said, oh, well, I, uh, I want to save the world and I think that being an electrical engineer is how I'm going to do that. So tell me this then, Ruby. You've mentioned there were 125 students, three of which were female. At the end of the course, every female graduated where only about 20 of the males did. Why do you think that's the case? You know, exactly flowing on from what I said, I knew why I was there and all the women were very sure about why they were there. They had already committed to that. It was what they considered to be their destiny, I guess. The girls knew that's where they wanted to be and and they worked really hard to make sure that they graduated. So I started with three women, two more joined in in the second year. Um, and then all five of those graduated at the end with 20 fellows. So if you to look back on your education there, there's obviously some pretty highs. There's uh, quite a few lows as well by the sound of it too. What are you most proud of? Just sticking it out, just finding, 
finding that focus and, and finding that determination when there are so many distractions. Um, like I said, not having other friends that were going to university. Um, so they weren't trying as hard at um, high school to get the scores that other people needed to get into university. Um, so I had to, to keep pretty focused about that. And then once in university, though you'll have friends who uh, have gone straight into the workforce and they're making a lot more money than you are now. And they've got car loans for new cars that they're driving around. And, you know, you're driving around your $2,000 bomb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you just need to kind of keep focused and say, yeah, but that's, you know, I, I'm working towards great things and I'll have, I'll have great things later. Um, so it's a little bit of delaying of gratification as well, which is not easy for a lot of people. What about the, the biggest lesson you learnt while studying? If you look back now, a few years later, what's the one point you can look at and say, I'm glad I learnt that lesson? I think the biggest lesson was just to, to follow my heart, I suppose. Uh, so I did look at, at one stage, going um, into the Air Force. I got to the stage where I was accepted to do the final interview into the Air Force and I had to just reflect myself and ask myself if that's actually what I wanted because I, you know, they had fantastic opportunities. They'll pay for your schooling um, and a guaranteed job out of university and, you know, some, some pretty cool stuff. And I could have seen myself doing really well somewhere like the Air Force, but then at the same time, it, it didn't match up with my values and my principles. I, I wanted to save the world. So in the end, I had to, I had to make that decision and dig deep and say, is this, is this really what I want for my life? And the answer was no. And so I just never went for that final interview. That's basically, as you've highlighted there, the polar opposite of who you are. So what forced you to go down that road initially? Just the fact that it was a, a great opportunity to have, you know, to have your schooling paid for, to, to be within a structure. I suppose if you join the Defence Force, you instantly have a big family. So that might have been part of the driver as well, to, to be really accepted into something. And I knew just the person that I am, I would have really excelled there. I would have done really, really well. And so that was probably a bit ego-driven of me just wanting to, you know, get the, the best out of myself. But the person I really am is to get the best out of myself to help others. What advice would you give students studying the course that you did? Definitely don't rely on other people to help guide you. You're going to need to do a lot of it yourself. Like, you know, seek out guidance where you can, absolutely, but it's not going to come to you. What about the students who are sitting there, they're studying engineering, they're not sure where they want to take it? Uh, is there any advice or some ideas about how they can get the clarity that you had? You should know what you care about. I think that deep down everybody really knows what they care about. So if you try to remove all of the extra stuff, you know, thinking about money and thinking about future prospects and, and all those sorts of things and just try and figure out what you actually care about, is probably going to push you in the right direction. Ruby heard his proof that genuine passion is what drives you forward in your studies at university and into your career. When you're experiencing difficulty in school or lacking motivation, you need to remind yourself of your why and your reasons for wanting to be in your field. This will reignite your drive to learn and get you one step closer to achieving your goals. As Ruby says, removing the extra stuff and figuring out what you actually care about will push you in the right direction for your studies and your career. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, 
Assault Studios production.